1925, a tiny sanitarium for mental patients was established on a farm outside Topeka, Kansas. At a time when the rest cure was in vogue in psychiatry, a team of physicians, a father and his two sons recently out of medical school, determined to create a family atmosphere among their patients. The nurses were given specific directions on how they were to behave towards specific patients. Let him know that you value and you like him. Be kind but firm with this woman. Don't let her become worse. Those young doctors were Carl and Will Meninger, and the Meninger Clinic, using such revolutionary methods, has become world famous. More psychiatrists journey to Topeka for extra training than to any other such institution in the world. Carl Meninger, summing up, said, Love is the medicine for the sickness of mankind. We can live if we have love. The same message comes from another psychiatrist, now world-famous also, who discovered it in another setting. Viktor Frankl, a Viennese Jew, was interned by the Germans for more than three years. He was moved from one concentration camp to another, even spending several months at Auschwitz. Dr. Frankl said that he learned early that one way to survive was to shave every morning, no matter how sick you were even if you had to use a piece of broken glass as a razor. For every morning, as the prisoners stood for a review, the sickly ones who would not be able to work that day were sent to the gas chambers. If you were shaven and your face looked ruddier for it, your chances of escaping death that day were better. Their bodies wasted away at the daily fare of ten and a half ounces of bread and one and three-fourths pints of thin cruel. They slept on bare board tiers seven feet wide, nine men to a tier. The nine men shared two blankets together. Three shrill whistles awoke them for work at 3 a.m. One morning, as they marched out to lay railroad ties in the frozen ground miles from the camp, the accompanying guards kept shouting and driving them with the butts of their rifles. Anyone with sore feet supported himself on his neighbor's arm. The man next to Frankel, hiding his mouth behind his upturned collar, whispered, If our wives could see us now, I do hope they are better off in their camps and don't know what is happening to us. Frankel writes, That brought thoughts of my own wife to mind. And as we stumbled on for miles, slipping on icy spots, supporting each other time and again, Dragging one another up and onward, nothing was said, but we both knew each of us was thinking of his wife. Occasionally, I looked at the sky, where the stars were fading and the pink light of the morning was beginning to spread behind a dark bank of clouds, but my mind clung to my wife's image, imagining it with an uncanny acuteness. I heard her answering me, saw her smile, her frank and encouraging look. A thought transfixed me. For the first time in my life, I saw the truth as it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom by so many thinkers. The truth, that love is the ultimate and the highest goal to which man can aspire. Then I grasped the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. It is perhaps the most powerful thought that anyone can have. 
when we remember the primacy of love and believe in our almost unlimited capacities for giving and receiving it, life can take on a vast joyfulness. Teilhard de Chardin once wrote, Someday, after we have mastered the winds and the waves, the tides and gravity, we will harness for God the energies of love. And then, for the second time in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire.